0: You're listening to the Church of Life and Praise podcast. If you'd like more information about our ministry, please visit us at churchoflifeandpraise.com or check us out on Facebook. Our prayer is that you would come to know Jesus in a deeper way. Now, enjoy the message. Now I am going to speak for a while, so get your seatbelts. Amen. And I'm going to talk about something that may sound totally contrary to what we had today. But this is the power that's going to take us through what I'm going to talk about. The stage of the world that we're in, that's what I'm talking about. And it's a different slant to Palm Sunday. And I want you to go to 1 Peter. First chapter. You know, on Palm Sunday, we think that when those uh, people came and when Jesus came riding into the um, Riding into Jerusalem. That they were sewing cloths and they were waving palm branches and all of that uh, to, bring, to bring praise to the Lord. No. What they were doing, they were crying out, Hosanna. And Hosanna, said mean, was crying out. And they were crying out in desperation. And they were crying out, save us. They were recognizing him as the Messiah. Save us. Save us. Save us. Why? Because Israel was under the heavy hand of Rome. And they were pleading with their Messiah. And it almost looked like Jesus wasn't listening to them. Because he went in. He did not clean. Everybody thinks that he went in and cleaned out the temple. That he did not. He went away to Bethany. Then he came back. It was either the second day or a little time later and walked into the temple and cleaned house. But the first time he went into Jerusalem, he did not go into the temple. Or he went into the temple and he, the Bible said he just looked around. And he saw the degradation of religion that was taking place and he became angry he left, and he came back to second day, and he said, you've made this house a house of thieves. Now, I want you to tell you about Israel. Israel was under bondage, and they wanted God to save them, but they weren't serving him. And the Bible says that the young, or the children, well, when you look that word children up, it means uh, of the teenage ages. I want to say something here. Do you see what's the parallel here with what's going on in our world today? First of all, I want to read my scripture. I'm talking about a message to the chosen. 1 Peter 1, and that's all I'm going to read of that. Uh, well, I'm, 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 okay, I'll read. 1 Peter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the pilgrims. Everybody say pilgrims or the dispersion, and I've already explained this to you, in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. That was in the Asia Minor area. And these pilgrims were converted Gentiles and also converted Jews. Because in my reading, I found out that, remember when the Holy Ghost was outpoured on the day of Pentecost? And great persecution came upon the church. Uh, and, and, uh, I think it was Stephen that was, uh, uh, martyred. And then, uh, great, great persecution came upon this church. So that, uh, there were people that were scattered. And then were scattered everywhere. They were scattered in and around Jerusalem, into the uh, nations and, and towns and, uh, uh, in Jerusalem area. And then they were scattered into the Asia Minor area. And when they went to the Asia Minor area, they went and preached to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles was converted. And then the Gentiles and the Jews was the church and they came under heavy persecution. And this was Peter was writing to them, okay, and uh, and this and and get, where, where where was Peter? Peter was in prison. He was in Rome in prison. And let me tell you, just for a little 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 sideline, Peter never was pope, and he was not the first pope. He wasn't even part of the the church that church. Okay, so he was not. Okay, he opened the door of Pentecost. Amen. That's just a side note. And Peter would now Peter himself was in prison. And he's writing to people who are under persecution, and he's encouraging them. I'm not going to preach on the second verse because I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that later. but he, these people were pilgrims of the dispersion. Now you know what a pilgrim is, and I've told you that, okay? Now, going right over, so here we've got we've got them going into Jerusalem, crying out, save we beseech thee, save we beseech thee. Now later, Hosanna became a a, a mantra of praise and it was worship to the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. And it was meant praise. But at first, that is isn't what they were saying. And they were not throwing down the coats and all that and, and, and crying out that he was king. They were throwing down their coats and they were throwing down palm branches because they were saying, listen, we are recognize you, that you are our Messiah and you are our king. It was mainly to the Jews that were there, it was crying out and, and, and shouting and, and praying to God, as crying out. Uh, you, you, you are a Messiah. And in our word, in the Torah, in the Matthew, um, I mean, uh, um, uh Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, they have been taught that the Messiah would come and bring deliverance. Now, they were under the heavy hand of Rome, and Rome was not kind to them. In fact, they would never accept, the Jews would never accept Never accept the rulership of Rome. There was always insurrectionists. They were always rising up, and the, and they followed them because they believed so strong that God was going to send a Messiah. God was going to send a deliverer, and so this time Jesus came, and they thought this is the one. He's been healing. People have been being converted to him, etc., 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 and so. And the reason why they turned on him, because the Bible said, said that Jesus would come the first time, okay, lowly and riding up on a donkey. That's why Jesus showed, rode on a donkey, because he wanted to show them, this is not the time of your deliverance. That's why he went the first time in the temple and did nothing. The second time he went into the temple. Was when when was depicting the fact of the second coming of Jesus Christ, and he upset everything. You have to look at these things. You just don't take them at face value. And they got mistaken. That's why, in a week's time, they that were crying out, "Hosanna, Hosanna! Save, we beseech thee!" They got upset. And they said, crucify him. He didn't do what he promised he was going to do. He's a fake. He was going to come. He was supposed to come and set us free. He's supposed to come and deliver us from this tyranny of Rome. And he didn't do it. And he's crucified. Now moving right along. The same situation that we're in. That they were in, we're in today. The church is under persecution, whether you know it or not. And Peter said to us, we've got to understand, we also are pilgrims and sojourners, temporary residents on this earth. He spoke to those people there that were, had been dispersed. And now I'm saying to you, okay, we are also tempor- temporary sojourners. And we feel the pressures. How many feels the pressures of the life pressing down on you? I'm not preaching a defeater's attitude today. But I'm telling you where we are and what we've got to do to overcome the evil one. And we are overcomers. We did just today Allowing the lion. You see, sometimes there has to be a demonstration. You know, a lot of churches are afraid to let the Spirit demonstrate. People were set free today because we allowed Jesus to demonstrate. I don't believe you got healed if we didn't obey the Lord. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We would have sacrificed her healing if we didn't allow the Holy Spirit. And the Lord spoke to me and told over here as I was standing, he says, get up there. And I thought, Oh God, no. We've got visitors and Lord Jesus, don't I? And he kept saying, Get up there and do it. Go do it. So finally I said, Okay. So you see what happened. He said, Tell them to stop roaring like a lion. <laughs> oh God. God, why you know, why do you why do you tell us to do these things? It's a little against our pride, but people were set free today and I'm going to tell you that you are, that are going home are going to find out that you have been set free. If you haven't been set free, put your hand where you need your hand and roar. Is said, that's stupid. God did a lot of things that people think are stupid today. Why did he tell Ezekiel, go lay on his side? I think it was, it was Ezekiel. Go lay on his side uh, for uh, one whole week. In his underwear, pun in the town square. square. Going down here to where's the town square down here? Uh, uh, Knowlton Park. Now, what would you thought if you saw me down there laying down there in my underwear? (laughs) Everybody would leave the church. I mean, I'll tell you right now, God would have to speak mighty strong. (laughs) And then God didn't let him up. God says, now just roll over for another week. And that was prophetic. But what happened? And God is his attention. You see a man laying on, laying on, because we'd have police down. They come and put him in. Why are you laying down there? Well, God told me. They said, take him to the insane (laughs) asylum. He's lost his rocker. Amen. Praise God. But anyway, we are temporary sojourners. Temporary sojourners. And you're going to feel the pressures of life. I know I've said this before, but you're going to feel the pressures of this life pressing down on you. There are times when you just won't fit in. Don't even think about trying to be accepted in this society. Because if you're a Christian, you won't. At times, there's a sense of loneliness and longing sweeps over you for the eternal home. How many of you have ever thought, oh, Lord, would you just come? I have. I have, oh, Jesus, just, just, just come. I'm so tired. I'm so weary. I'm just tired of fighting. And that was Israel. Okay? But listen to this. We're called to be, be the redeeming force in this world. Not to fit in. Saints, you are not called to fit in with society. You are not called here to agree with politics. You are not called with, to agree with the backslidden church that we see today. Now there is a move of God. My heart was just thrilled when I began to hear, hear and see about these. And you know who? Did you see? Did you see it happen in the churches? No. There was young people, young people that are. You realize the young people are lost today, and they are hungry, and they don't know where to go or what to do. So they become cynical. They become angry. They become mad because they feel they feel forsaken. They feel betrayed. And so they're going into all this gender stuff of, I'm a, I'm a dog or I'm a cow or I'm a man or I'm a woman or I'm a boy or I'm this and all this junk. And that, that, what are they doing? Rather than condemn this, let's pray for them that God will bring revival to them and pour out another Azusa Street. That's what happened in the sixties. The hippies were wild. And some of you probably were hippies. And some of the preachers we have in some of our spirit-filled churches were among those people that were, uh, were, were hippies. And you know what? A lot of the staid churches refused them to come into church. And they were coming in by the droves. They were hungry. And they closed their doors on them. Thank God there was a few that received them. And a mighty revival poured out on those kids that was quite, that was my time that was my era and we called it the charismatic movement and it was mainly started through hungry hippies, I like that hungry hippies (laughs) now He's called us to be the redeeming force in the world, and this at time will result in persecution. Do you know that we are receiving, the church is receiving persecution now? I read an article just recently, and it was, and, it, and I don't read junk. I don't know what the whole story was, but they sent the IRS to some, some house, and invaded that house. The IRS. They were sent by the government. I thought, my God, this is America. Pastors have been jailed in Canada and the United States. This is here, here in the United States. We had a battle going on with with, with one of our ministers up in Bangor. I'm telling you the reality of what we're in. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I want you to understand, the enemy will not conquer. But I want you all to understand that we're going to face hard times. And I'm not talking financially. John sixteen thirty three. And Jesus didn't say this just to fill up a page. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. John 14, 27 says, my peace I give, give unto you. Remember that scripture? Not as the world giveth. The world can't give peace because it doesn't have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. What is tribulation? Pressures. How many's ever felt, has felt lately felt the pressure? Felt pressure. If you haven't, there's something wrong with you. Okay? Stress, anguish, affliction, distress, adversity, persecution. And that word tribulation also mi- means, and it's like um, grapes being put in a a um, press in the olden times. And it had a big wheel like this going around. And the grapes were f- 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 put in it. I, when I was in Israel, I saw it. And grapes would be put in it. And they had an animal, or a donkey or, or, a, or some kind of an animal. And that animal would go around like this. And wouldn't stop, and those grapes were just squished into juice, and all that was left in the bottom of that um, that uh, mill, whatever, was just the the seeds and the uh, skin. I mean, and Jesus is saying, "You're going to be pressed like that mill that presses out grapes." That's quite serious. So we need something that's going to keep us. And saints, it's not just going to be an hour in church and five minutes in prayer that's going to keep us. It's going to be services just like this. Now, if we had people come in here, and we have had people come in and they go out and they say, oh, they're all nuts, they're fanatical. Thank God I'm fanatical. And I've told you the story about what we tried to do, and God said, no. It was, it was Charlie's fault. <laughs> Remember when she prophesied? The board had it all figured out, but Charlie came and spoke it all. This is in-house joke, so you know what I mean. I looked at Pastor Russ. He looked at me, and he said, how are you going to start? And, uh, Pastor Ray was on the platform and worship team, and he looked at me, and he said, what are you going to do this? And I looked at him, and I said, nothing went up to Pastor uh, Russ, he, I said, he, and I said, well, what are we going to do? He said, nothing. He said, let it go. And I vowed never again would I try to order and dictate to God what was supposed to happen. And I want to tell you something here now. I want to, I want to put this in. Please let me remind you that suffering is not a sign of God's displeasure. If you are sick and you are suffering, God is not displeased with you. It's the enemy of your soul, the enemy of your body that does not want to comply to the word of God. That's why we fast and pray and seek God to to rise up over that and break the power of the enemy. And if you are sick and you're going through this, now, let me say this. However, God does use these hardships to train us to be more dependent on him and become more like him and become warriors. So if you're sick and you're going through it today, it is not the judgment of God. It is not that God is mad at you. And it's not necessarily because you've sinned. Now there are some times when you sin and you rebel against God, you get sick. God does not put sickness on anybody. Either you get sick because you've disobeyed God. In other words, you didn't do what he said, but God did not. But you became sick because you disobeyed. And it was not because God was judging you. Or you're suffering pressure and persecution. And you're working hard for the Lord. And so the devil comes along and attacks your body. How? Why can he do that? Because the devil is still the God of this world. And that's what we're waiting for. The consummation. The greatest redemption that's going to happen as well when Jesus comes is the redemption of the earth. God's going to give us a new heaven and a new end wherein dwells righteousness. Yeah. So the Bible said, don't think it's strange when these kind of things come upon you. <laughs> if you're going to serve God, it's going to happen. You say, Pastor, why are you preaching this? Because I want you prepared. Because when, you, when, the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, amen, then I want you to realize that God is on your side and you can fight through it. And you can stand victorious. And I'm going to show you. Okay? All right. All right. Um, So therefore, live each day to do God's will regardless of your situation. Praise God in every situation you are in because you are serving a big God. Can you say amen? Now, understand this. Earthly... Because our earthly residence is temporary, we cannot afford to be conformed to this world and lifestyle. Becoming like the world is not going to solve your problem. And the pressure is going to be to conform. And you're going to have to stand up and say no. Our schools are pathetic. I pity teachers that are teaching that are Christians in our schools today. But there's going to come a time when y'all are going to have to say no. I'm not going that way. You say, well, if if I say that, I'll lose my job. Is God bigger than your job? Do you think God will not supply your need? See, we are so prone in this country to, I mean... We've got the best of the world, that's what's going on in the world. This country is the best country to live in. It is. We can go and do just about what we want to do. If we want to move somewhere, we can just pack up our duds make some preparation to find out a place to live and we can move to Texas and the government won't even touch us. Not so in some countries. We can buy anything we want to at the store. The shelves are full. And we think we have a hardship now. if, If we find three or four shelves that's not full, oh, so we go to what do we do? Go to another store, and that shelf is full. So then we shop around, and we think we're under persecution. I didn't get my favorite dessert. I can't get. I always get it there. I always get it at front. I, I don't know why I got to go to shops. Oh Lord, it's so hard. I got to get home in the car. I got to go down another shelf. I got to get out of my car and get it going. Oh God, I'm so under persecution. You don't know what persecution is. Then you go three shorts, three, st- three aisles over, and there it is, just loaded. And you think, Oh, glory, God answered my prayer. Oh, come on. We've all done it, and you, you know it. But we've got to understand because our earthly resident is temporary, everybody say temporary, temporary. we cannot afford to be comforted with the worldly lifestyle. Now, we don't have to be antagonistical. We don't have to be mean. We don't have to be angry. We don't have to be hard to get along with. We have to ask God to give us love in every situation that we find ourselves in. And this is hard for us Americans. Isn't it? But cheer up. It's coming our way. And I'm preparing you today to be ready for when it comes. Because we are going, everybody's talking about revival, revival, revival. And we're going to get revival. We're going to have an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we have never seen before. But listen to me, saints. It's not going to be without persecution. What we get the idea of revival and a move of God is God's going to straighten everything out and it's just going to be as the saying goes, just copacetic. That means that everything's going to be just all right and we'll go back to normal where we were and we're just going to be so and we're just going to live. No, we're not going to get that until we get to heaven. <laughs> not going to get that until we get into the new Jerusalem. Not going to get that until we get into a thousand years. The millennium. but we are going to walk in power. 1 Peter 2.11 says in the NLT, but I warn you as a temporary residence, sojourners and pilgrims, keep away from the worldly desires that wage war against your soul. All of these things are asking you to conform, they're warring against your soul to destroy you. What the devil wants to do is destroy the church, he'll never do it. But if he can take you out, he'll do it. And he's sly as he can be. Someone does something wrong to you in the church, and you run out and leave. Why? You mean they don't do that in the world? Buck up and bear it. Forgive and go on. Whether that person does or not, God don't worry about that person. That person will be taken care of. But make sure that you're walking right with God. Is this good teaching? I know it is. I remind you, we don't fit in the world's mold. And we never will. But we have got to love it. Jesus never fitted in. The disciples didn't fit in. Paul didn't fit in. But look what they did. When these disciples were spread by persecution throughout Asia Minor and throughout surrounding Jerusalem... They went and signs and wonders and miracles were performed. They couldn't stop the church. There was one place that said uh, when they came down to Thessalonica and uh, they were upset because Paul was preaching in the, in the synagogue and he was trying to tell them that Jesus was the Messiah and he was God, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm not going to get on and all that. And then the religious crowd stirred up Persecution. And they went and beat up Jason, who was housing the evangelist. Because they couldn't find the evangelist. Paul. And Sil- I think it was Silas. And look what they said to the, to the, to the legislature, to the, to the policemen that, that came to get him. They said, these are the people that have, Turned the world upside down and now they've come down to us. And they were preaching Jesus is the Christ. Crowd got mad. But God had His way. And the testimony was, these are the people that turned the world upside down. God, I want to be that kind of people. I want them to talk about me and say, my God, they come down here now and they're trying to put this stuff on us. And while people are getting healed people are getting saved and everything else, and that grumbling complaint they didn't want to have us beat up. Couldn't find Paul, couldn't find Silas because the people that they had brought them down there had moved them out to another town and they went out preaching again. They didn't go into uh, and, and, and a resort somewhere and get rested up. They went right back to preaching. You couldn't stop it. And I'm going to tell you, saints, you are a part of something that is not going to be stopped, no matter whether it's decreed from Washington or decreed from the high, high, highest mountain. It will not stop the church that's anointed, that's moving in the flowing of the Holy Spirit. And saints, we want to know and we want to be sure that we are in the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? And it's no time for us to compromise anything. Don't bend, don't bow, don't burn. Be like the three Hebrew children. Amen. Be like Daniel that was thrown into the lion's den. Amen. The king didn't have any any rest. Daniel slept like a, like a lamb. Like a log. I believe he used one of the lions as a pillow. And once in a while a lion will look up and lick his chops and forgot what he was licking them for. Lapped his paws and said, oh, that, "That that's extra biblical. <laughs> Can you say amen? amen. That's going to be the church. But you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. You're going to get thrown in prison. You're going to be beaten. But there's going to be an anointing on your life that's going to save jailers that have thrown you in about the time that he's getting ready to take his life. Paul said, don't worry, we're all here. Why did he have that power? Because he walked with God. He wouldn't compromise. He wouldn't bend. He wouldn't bow. He wouldn't bow down to him. And he went in on preaching. And he ended up in prison. And when he got in prison, he wrote the epistles. Peter was in prison. And he was writing to those that were outside working the gospel and said, don't be discouraged. And remember, you're only sojourners. You're only pilgrims. This is going to end. Oh, I got to hurry. Amen. Why can't we be conformed to this world? That's right. Okay, I want to show you this. Go to um, Acts 4. Someone, and, just, and I'm not going to look it up, but I want you to read it for me. Uh, if you've got a, King, a new King James Version, because that's what I'm using. I, I'm not saying that that's the best translation I'm just saying it's the translation I'm using in these notes Acts 4, read the 23rd verse who's got the mic so that you can all can get it on the got New King oh I gotta stop but I'll stop when I get through I guess I don't know if I keep on preaching you and you want to go just go I have it on my phone. Acts four twenty three. No one's got new King James version. What's wrong with you? You're losing the faith. You got it. Beth's got it. Did it? Uh, who's got it?
1: Beth got it. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to
0: them now what happened they heal the lame man you know what's going to happen to us we're going to do signs wonders, is miracles and we're going to get in trouble for it because it's not going to come i'm telling you saints let's wake up and smell the the the, the, the roses let's wake up we are not loved. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking about Christianity is not loved all over the world. There's a, oh, goody, here comes a Christian. They're going to start a church. If you think Christians are loved by the hierarchy, you are not thinking straight. How many where you were and said, "Oh, I just love to hear about Jesus. Talk to me about it." If you are one of those that that happens to, you are an exception. I'm telling you. So they healed the lame man. They went before the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin chastised them. I can't remember. Not whether well, they beat them or not, but they out, and they forbid them. I guess they were. They forbid them to preach in the name of Jesus. Does this sound familiar? We can do everything in anybody's anything, any, any name that we want to but they don't let us pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, I mean it, is, it hasn't struck us here. As much as it is across the waves. But let me tell you something. It's getting here. And it concerns me. Because I look at the state of the church. Do you know where the revival broke out just recently? In Asbury? I know it's a Christian college. But what happened? It was kids that are hungry. It's the youth. It is the college kids. Why? Again, I'm telling you. Because they are lost. And they're looking for something. And when they encounter Jesus Christ, something snaps in them. Because deep inside of every one of us is that spirit and that that's been created there by God that's reaching out to God and wants God. They want God. We want God whether we know it or not. and given a good chance, getting into a spirit-filled church like this, getting into a spirit, moving, and all of a sudden, pretty soon, that person that doesn't know Jesus Christ, they begin to soften up, and they begin to cry out, and they begin to cry, and they say, my God, I don't know what this is, but I know it's something. It's something down inside of me that's telling me it's good. And some people have even gotten up and walked out, and they've left. Because they didn't understand what was going on. All crazy. But that next week they were back again. Then they told us after they got converted that there was something, there was something. We didn't understand it. We thought it was all crazy, but we couldn't get away from it. And this one lady that did it, she'd worked all over the city trying to find a place to go. And I'm not saying, now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we're the only ones that get the gospel, because we aren't, all right? Understand that? Now let me, let me, let me look at this. Let me read, uh, uh, I want to read this. Oh, oh no, no, go, go to the 29th verse. What did they do? They, were, they went where? You all put it away. We're in Acts 4 23. Haven't left. And now
1: the Lord looked on their threats and granted them servants, and with all boldness they may speak your word. They spoke that word.
0: I didn't hear that. Let me get it. Maybe I got it wrong.
1: Do you want me to read it?
0: Yes. Now, Acts, Lord.
1: Look on their threats.
0: Okay, now, what did the people do? What did those disciples do? And what did the people do when Peter went back and John, I think, was, went back and reported what happened to him? And what did they pray? Yeah, but what were they just saying? I just, they just read it. What did they say? Look at their threats, Lord. And then what? Read. And
1: grant to your servant that with all boldness they may speak your word. Oh,
0: beaten, ordered not to preach the word anymore. They went back to their own company. Honey, I want to tell you something this day and age. You want to get into a company that believes in the move of the spirit if you want to have any life. And if you want to have any strength and support. Because a spirit-filled church is a praying church. And a praying church is a spirit-filled church. My God, if it's dead and quiet and, and all bound up in ritual, find a church that's wild. And you'll see things are happening. They'll be sending out missionaries to foreign lands. They'll be praying, and people will get healing <laughs> oh yeah okay, read on twenty nine to thirty one
1: by stretching out your hand to heal, and the signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the holy spirit and they spoke
0: the word of god with boldness so what did they do so what is it that's going to keep us as a church and as a people praying praying learn how to pray now i i want to i want you to write down this and i'm not going to get into it but I want you to write down these two scriptures, and I want you to go home and read them. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. This is what's coming. We're in the last days. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. But I'm going to tell you, because time is going, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. And then the next one is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, through to 16. The first one is 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2. Second one is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, 12, 14 and 6. Four, I mean, goes on to the 16th verse. Now, I, I want to tell you right now, read these and you are reading what's taking place in the world today. This is now, not future. All right. And I want I do want to read this and then this is what our prophet T.W. Barnes said. The enemy is never going to give up trying to take you down. You can't wait until you win every victory to start enjoying in your life. You've got to enjoy the battle even when you don't have the victory. Then he's made the statement, when you make it to heaven and you hear the pearly gates click behind you, listen carefully. Because you're going to hear the striking of arrows as they bounce off the pearly gates. Before your enemy will never, because your enemy will never stop attacking you until you cross to the other side. Can you say Amen? Now I want to tell you where we're going. I want you to turn to Hebrews. This is the final destination of us sojourners. You can't give up, saints. We've got something waiting for us. Look at this. This is what God was saying to, the, to, the, to those that were receiving the, this letter from, from uh, the Hebrews. And this is what Paul was telling them. Take this and go home and read this and realize where we're coming to and what we're coming to. All right? 22nd verse. This is, I'm reading from the NLT. You have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God. This is our destination. The heavenly city of Jerusalem. This is God's eternal dwelling place, heaven. That's where we're coming to. And countless thousands of angels in joyful assembly. These are the ministering attendants around God's throne and that minister to mankind in the earth at God's bidding. This is what you're coming to. This is what's going to happen when you, when you, when you pray and you seek God and you won't give up and you won't conform and you won't bow down and you won't bend. You're coming to Mount Zion. This is your destination. This is where you're going. If you're saved and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, this is your destiny. Are you going to give it up? Are we going to keep fighting? And let me tell you something. We haven't got to have And wait for the manifestation of God then. We can have the manifestation of the power of God and manifestation of heaven now. What do you think this is that you felt right here? This was a manifestation of heaven. What did we hear? God is setting up his throne, was having his throne sitting right in our midst today. This is what you are. This is who you are. And you've got a destination. And what, and who are you as a church? You are the representation of Christ. You are Christ's body. You are the church. You are the body of Christ. Anointed as Christ was anointed. Moved upon as moved God as Christ was moved upon. And at the day of Pentecost, He transferred it to the church of Jesus Christ. And we move and act and walk like Christ. In every aspect of His living. So we can lay hands on the sick. And they'll recover. That's a bit of heaven here on earth. We can cast out demons. <coughs> that's a bit of heaven that's right here on earth. What was the Lord's prayer? Y'all will be done at what? In earth. In earth. As what? Earth. That can be twofold. You can, the spirit, you can have the victory and power in this earth and also his will being done on earth. And in the midst of all the persecution, let me tell you something. The disciples did not have it nice. The governments did not, was not good to them. They didn't change the governments. They didn't change nothing. They just went out and preached the gospel and they suffered persecution. They were killed. They were stoned. Read uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews. But the church prevailed. Here we are in 2023 and the church is still here. And all of those governments and some of them have gone and forgotten. We have a legacy that has been passed down to us by some of those people in the word of God and some of our forefathers. We have a big heritage. Some of the saints that prayed and persevered, gave up sleep, didn't have any money, Got on the trains by faith when God spoke to go, even before they had airplanes. Got on boats, traveled for months to get across to a mission field. When they got there, some places they never even seen a white man. But when they stepped on the shore, the power of God moved upon them and they formed a church and an organization and a movement. And the gospel came to that country. That's what we've got. That's what we are. We are a little bit of heaven on earth. We just don't pray that prayer. Let y'all will come and and be in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. That's a matter of fact. It can happen. We can pray heaven down. And we are carriers of heaven. But y'all are going to be persecuted. Read on. Okay, 23, you have, listen to this, this is beautiful. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn. Everybody say, say, firstborn. Firstborn. Children. Children whose names are written in heaven. That great assembly of believers, the church, the redeemed through the New Testament secured by the cross. We're coming to a crowd of people. And some have already gone on before. And when we come to get ready to go ourselves, that's going to be a welcoming committee there. Saints, this is what we're looking forward to. We're looking for the present move of God. We're looking for a mighty revival. But in the midst of persecution, we've got a hope. Keep your eyes on the sky. Walk through this earth. Treading up scorpions and demons and devils. Taking this place. Taking it for God. Never giving up. Never giving in. Because we've got a promise. Coming down the dusty road. Can you say amen? You have come to. uh, You have come to God himself. Who is the judge of all things. The supreme God. Who is ever present in the great assembly. He's ever present in the church. Who is the vindicator of his people. And has admitted them to the rights of heaven. Those who have already died have now been made perfect by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the one who met, uh, mediated forgiveness through the shedding of uh, the shedding of his of his. That cries out that price for sins has been paid for by the new covenant. And then I want you to write this down. And then I'm going to stop. 1 Thessalonians 4 13. We preach this at funerals, but we can preach this here because this is what the promise we've got. Did you get anything out of this? This is your hope. What happened? Today, when you got healed, heaven touched you. When you get slain in the Spirit, heaven touched you. When we allow the Holy Spirit to move in our services, we are allowing heaven to have its way. Heaven comes down to earth. Every time we get in the Spirit, heaven comes down to earth. The same thing is going on in heaven. And we are bearers of the heavenly characteristics of the glory world. The Bible said he inhabits the praises of people. He sets up a throne. I want to read this and I will stop. All right. First Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18. But I do not want you to be ignorant. This is Paul talking. Brethren, and I put sisters, concerning those who have fallen asleep, Lest you sorrow at the at others as others who have no hope. And that's the fallen asleep means those that died before us in the faith. 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who died in Jesus. 15. For this was this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain, that's us. This is the hope we have said. This is the hope we have. You have got a hope. If you should go out here and drop dead tomorrow, you'd be in heaven. That's your hope. That's guaranteed to you by the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. What do you think is going to convey your life into heaven? It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be raptured by the power of the Holy Spirit. Covered with his blood. Oh, praise God. Okay, for this is this for this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord will by no means perceive those who have gone or, or who are asleep. That means who have died before us. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. This will be the last, probably the last shout you'll hear Him. Maybe in heaven He'll probably shout and dance with us. But we're going to hear a shout, and we've got we got everybody's voices trying to be heard today. But there's one voice that's going to be heard by the entire earth. And this is that right here. When he descends from heaven, there is going to be a shout. You think that we were loud. Wait till Jesus shouts. The Bible says it's like the sound of many waters. With the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. Someone says, why do we have to play trumpets in church? Why not? Why do we have to play? Why do we always question that? So let it be. I don't care what they play as long as they're glorifying God. Well, that's (laughs) something The Old Testament was fulfilled in the New Testament, so we can we can play shofars. Everybody hollers about, well, we don't see any flags and all that stuff in the Old Testament. In the New Testament. Well, that was all fulfilled in the New Testament so we can wave flags. If you want to run, run. If you want to beat bongo drums, beat bongo drums. Do anything as long as you're doing it under the glory of God. Play tambourines. Man, in the early days of Pentecost, the church was a lie. Everybody brought a tambourine in the Bible. And some of them played them and couldn't keep tune, but they played them anyway. Bang. And the people shouted. I remember some of those, those ladies would bring those tambourines and even some men would bring tambourines and some of them, they couldn't, they couldn't keep it in rhythm or anything else. And they would rattle in those things and, but the power of God moved just the same. And I've seen i I've seen those tambourines laying on the seat and someone get to going. <laughs> Kick the chair and the tambourine goes plank wong plong plong pong goes clink 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 cling all the off the floor all the way across the floor and nobody even pays attention we had someone come to church one time and and and, and she's told me she said well I, I bring a tambourine to church. She said, are we allowed to? I said, Lady, bring it and beat it as long as you want Why do we get so caught up in things? Let the Spirit move. Because let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, it's going to be loud and it's going to be wild. Then we which were alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. That's the rapture to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord, therefore comfort one another with these words. And we talk about the rapture Oh, God. And some say pre-trip. And some say mid-trip. And some say it's going to go through the whole thing. You know what? I don't care. As long as I can make it through the tribulation. If I have to go through all the way, I've got my goal in heaven. And so if I have to go all the way with the tribulation, okay. Okay. God, keep me keep me for the seven years. If I only have to go three and a half years, praise God. I get out of the last three and a half years. If I have to go the mid-trip, good God. I'm going through the mid-trip. And I'm going to get to heaven at the last trip. And let the world go to hell if they want to. But our job is to seek the face of God. You want signs and wonders to happen in your life? Set up a prayer time. Get into prayer. Paul and Silas, they prayed. At midnight when Paul and Silas was in, in the jail, what happened? They went to singing and praying, and what did God do? Send an earthquake, and the whole household of the jailer. Well, how long did I preach? My wife timed it. Did you say this is enough to stop? Oh, okay. <laughs> I did that one time, and I said, "Oh, I got so much more." I said, "I said, uh, I said." It was in the old church, and I said, "Oh, I preached for you." Know, and I said, "Who wants me to stop?" And this hand shot up, and I looked. Not one hand went up, but this one woman, and I looked, and I lost all my anointing. I said, well, I said, I might as well quit. I said, I saw her hand in the back and wants me to quit. So I said, I'm going to quit. She came up to me after. She says, oh, Brother oh, Pastor Hurd. Pastor she says, I misunderstood you. She said, I thought you said that. I could just, I, just for you just to go on, on more. She said, just go more. Says, I'm so sorry. I said, well, I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> but I was joking with her. Amen. How many has got a hope? I had this on my heart. God gave it to me. And you wouldn't let me preach? How long you haven't let me preach? Well, so I made up for it today. And I don't think I'm going to get, well, I don't think, well, no, next Sunday's is Easter. So I'll have to make it short next Sunday because we got visitors. No, I don't know. But anyway, how many have been blessed today? How many are going to go away rejoicing in the Lord? How many are going away determined that you're going to serve God? Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand. I didn't even have to say that twice. (laughs) I saw one or two just jump to their feet. (laughs) We're glad for all of our visitors. Take this with you. Read those scriptures that I signed. Be in prayer. Don't forget now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to be here at 7 o'clock. Okay, praying and seeking the face of God for at least an hour. All right, It might not be an hour if God gets moving. But we just won't care. And there's not going to be any preaching. So aren't you glad? Amen. Praise God. All God is good. Lift your hands up and just love him. Thank you for coming today. Praise God. Thank you for being used in the spirit. I love it when people are used in the spirit. Move and touch lives. We've got a great hope. We have a great hope. We have, the world isn't promising much, but let me tell you, we've got a church. I'm not just talking about CLP. We've got a church that we're a part of. There's a body of Christ across this world that's not giving in, that's persevering, and that's going to be a group of people that's going to go out of this earth that's going to shock the game sayers. There's going to be a good half of the population or more that's going to leave this earth. Think about that. There's going to be a great gathering. And I'm determined I'm going to be a part of it. How about you? Amen. Lift your hands up one more time and just love him in the name of Jesus. Just tell him, I'm going to be ready. God, make me ready. Make me pliable. Let me be uh, like you. Let me walk in compassion. Let me walk in love. Let me walk in power. Let me walk in your anointing because I want to see people healed. I want to see people set free. I want to see the power of God and going through my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, Mac, I mean, (laughs) Foy, come up and pray us out of here. It's going to be, we're not going to hear him for a while. Thank goodness. I mean, praise God. I mean...